powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. The San Jose Sharks have been sensed, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa. I'm your host, Maud. Joining me today is Biata. How are you doing tonight, Biata? I'm doing great. That was so much fun. I have to say, it was an amazing game tonight. I'm so pumped to be here talking about it tonight and glad to have you on as well. For sure. This was a good game for me to join this for. It was it was a lot of fun. Start to finish, really. Like, I don't know. I was thinking this early on in the game. We're like, I guess it was just the vibes from the last game carrying over a little bit. But like, there was not a single moment in this game where I felt like the Suns were going to lose. The whole time I was like, no, they're winning this. Like, they got this. I was um, a little so that bit, was just really fun. I was a little bit worried early on, you know, uh, when Hurdle got those two goals. Because I feel like the Suns kind of have a tendency to get down on themselves when uh, things go against them. You know, like against the run of play and stuff. But as soon as we tied it in the second period, it was kind of smooth sailing from then on, eh? Yeah, and even before that, I don't know. Again, it might have just been, like, the confidence from last game. But, like, they, like, I felt like they were more confident, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they seemed to have a little bit more urgency to their game. They were, like, you know, chasing pucks a little bit more and, like, you know, getting to the net and getting rebounds and stuff. Like, I, it, it felt like there was just a little bit more urgency to their game than we've seen recently, where they seem a little bit defeated all the time, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was it was a fun game to watch. Very nice feeling to be able to have confidence in your team for once. Hey, like we haven't really seen that. I don't think most fans have had much confidence in the Sens, you know, since that four game winning streak early in the season. And I think it kind of all turned around. I have to say when Brady got those two goals last night, like especially with the six on five goal, I think that was the moment where people started to sort of see oh my god we can actually come back in a game you know maybe this will give the team some more confidence because it had just been game after game of uh not being able to make a comeback so i feel like finally pulling off a win like that was probably a huge confidence booster and it really showed today yeah like maybe i was just looking for it more because i was expecting that but like yeah you can really tell that they were like still fired up and still like uh confident about it so mm -hmm. nice and uh Speaking of Kachuk with those goals, I had to flip my Kachuk jersey around tonight to give him a little shout out. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the game against the Rangers, but it seemed to me from the highlights and everyone's commentary like on Twitter and stuff and from Charlie's recap that uh, Kachuk really just willed the team to victory that night. And he set the tone early on with uh, a nice power play goal grinding away in front of the net tonight. So huge shout out to Kachuk. He's been amazing lately. Uh, what have you liked about his game? He's just like so, so good. Like I can't, I, I can't even pinpoint. Like, I mean, I guess I've noticed a lot of things that he's doing better. Like it feels like he's using his size more, right? Like he's a monster. He's bigger than everyone else on the ice. But now you watch him and it's like, he's protecting the puck really well. He's, you know, taking the puck from other players. Like you can just tell that like nobody can stop him right now because he's so large, right? Um, and he's just a lot more confident, like in front of the net, making more skilled plays and stuff. Um, he's, yeah, he's really turned into like the, you know, he's hit his ceiling, right? Like this is what, we hoped he could be eventually mostly based on the player his brother is right mm -hmm. um and it, it feels like he's finally reached that level which is so nice to see yeah he's kind of been a player where it's sort of been more will over skill bringing him to success but lately we're seeing a really good mix of both which is awesome 
you know and sure. I, I like uh the comparison to his brother actually too because for the past few years like ever since brady made it into the league everyone's just kind of i've seen a lot of people saying like oh he's nowhere near as skilled as his brother and stuff but and matthew is having a fantastic season as well but we are seeing brady kind of catch up to him a little bit in the point scoring this year which is awesome Yeah, but it's also like you know, Matthew provides sort of a comparable for Brady, right? Because they're such similar players mm -hmm. that you can go, okay, this is what Matthew is. This is, you know, how long it took him to get to that point. Brady has a lot of the same tools. Like, he could get to that point. And it's like, we're finally seeing him do that, right? Like, he's on pace for, like, I think over 40 goals and 100 points. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And, it you know, it's well-deserved. Like, it, he just looks like a different player right now. Yeah, I definitely did not see that point space coming from him. Uh, heading into this season I mean maybe with uh, a boosted top six that helps a little bit too but I feel like it's kind of just Brady himself leading the way on that line like obviously great chemistry with Stusla and Giroux who also picked up some goals tonight but uh, it's, it's just really been Kachuk leading the charge and that's awesome to see because I think a lot of people kind of expected him to be a player that would sort of uh, you know his point totals would go up or down based on the quality of his line mates and that can happen to any player to some extent but uh, it seems like he is actually turning into a top point producer kind of on his own, in my opinion, which is yeah, definitely I mean, what you want from your captain. Yeah, and I I feel like after last season, there was sort of this idea of like, okay, so we know that Brady is like, you know, a 30 goal, maybe like 70 point guy, um, you know, who can play in the on the first line, but probably best as your second liner and like oh thankfully now we we have all these like skilled players so brady doesn't have to be the best player on the team anymore right mm -hmm. like it's great that we have players that are better than him and he was just like no actually i'm, I'm gonna be better than all these players now yeah i i am i'm gotten too used to being the best player on the team just gonna keep doing that uh love to see it from him it's almost like he elevated his game uh based on those other guys coming in and he he wants to prove that exactly. he is the best he is the guy on this you know team what? i i would believe that of him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, great stuff from Brady Kachuk tonight. Definitely wanted to shout him out. And then his line mates as well, both picking up goals that I mentioned there. Uh, I thought Claude Giroux had a great night as well. The two goals, kind of, uh, kind of funny plays. The first one was a little bit of a gimme. And then the second one was just wild. I think... Uh, should we get into that sequence in the third period there with the penalty kill? We talk about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because... Because it, it oh led to God. that goal. And, and man, that was just pure chaos. That was got to be uh, one of the more nerve-wracking uh, sequences all season. Like, I know well, we had like... a two-goal lead, but if if the Sharks scored there, it, it would have... Uh, I would have been clenching my butt cheeks, for lack of a better term. A little bit, yeah. And like, you know, we know what Carlson can do with that much time and space, mm -hmm. right? Like, we saw... I, I think most Sens fans saw number 65 on the ice and were like, oh no. Exactly. <laughs> That's not going to be fun. Um, yeah, oh my god. Like, I remember watching it and yeah, Hamannick played for so long without a stick. I could not believe this. And what was like wild to me that I kept thinking about was like, every time a defenseman loses a stick, the forwards, the first thing they do is they give him the stick. And I was like, did they just know he's bad? Do they not? Do they know he's not that effective with it? But of course, like, obviously the only forward was Tyler Mott and he's a lefty and, you know, mm -hmm. Hamannick's a right. He's like, okay, I guess it makes sense a little bit, right? And then they're playing with the tiny one because they're breaking him in. Yeah, I noticed that too. That was hilarious. <laughs> and then he's like, he was already hunched over without a stick and he gets a stick and it barely helps at that point because it's so short. Yeah. Man, and, and then, yeah, the fact that they topped it off with a goal, like, I absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it was already a crazy sequence and the crowd was going wild from the the effort of the penalty killers and some great saves by Forsberg too. But yeah, just the fact that we scored immediately after that and a, a two on oh out of nowhere too. Like yeah. I, I wasn't I didn't see that chance coming at all or really know really notice how that play developed. I think it, it was maybe a little bit of a missed call on Tyler Mott that created the turnover there, but then I was confused how San Jose didn't even have a single player back on that play. It was and it was wild. Also, like, sorry not to take away from Giroud, but like what was that shot? Like, the goalie should have had that. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll bet, like, you know, looking at it, it's probably like a, you know, a sneaky shot where, like, you know, he, he, yeah, like, it was a good shot, I'm sure. But, like, I did not expect that to go in. I was like, why is he, why is he shooting from there? You know, why isn't he going in closer, passing or something? But, yeah, he scored. <laughs> I have actually seen Claude Giroux uh, take a slap shot in the shootout a few times, and uh, I think you can find highlights of him on YouTube scoring in the shootout with that. So when I saw him I going guess in alone, you don't expect it. Yeah, I, I was I wondering wasn't if he was expecting try it, it, right? It might have been that. I don't know. Exactly. I think that's what it is. I think it's a little bit of mind games with the goalie. You know, the element of confusion because you're you're totally not ready to face a slap shot when you're when you're preparing for a breakaway, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's a very sense thing. Just like, just mess with the goalie's head. Just, yeah, Giroud sensed Kakinen um, on that play. Exactly. What, but, a, what a play, man. But yeah, back to that penalty kill as well. We, I definitely want to give credit to Travis Hamannick because he's kind of received some criticism lately in terms of people wondering, really, is he much of a top 4D or ideally you would want him probably on your third pairing, but... Uh, definitely got to give him props for sticking it out on that penalty kill. Obviously, you can't go anywhere, but the fact that they didn't score, you got to give him credit for that somehow, right? Like, he, he somehow with no stick, he managed to pull it off. I thought his positioning was pretty good. Like, they got the puck by him a few times, which they expected when he doesn't have a stick, but it, that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, and he was trying to, like, you know block the players like view and stuff right like it you know he he was you could tell what you could see what he was trying to do mm -hmm. um and you know obviously there's only so much you can do without a stick but it was yeah and then enough. yeah anton forsberg as well i think i i, I want to go back and like count the number of shots that they had on that play because i thought that we were ahead by quite a bit in the shot count yeah, and then by ahead. the end of that the shots were tied completely so i think forsberg must have had at least like six or seven saves on that play which was I amazing. So uh, yeah. yeah, I remember noticing too. that. <laughs> yeah, I had like the exact same observation about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yeah. wild. And it was very nice to see him back in the net tonight too, because uh, we were kind of expecting sort of a rotation of goalies going back and forth every game. But ironically, it's just kind of been long stretches of either guy in net. Like it was all Forsberg at the beginning of the season with Talbot's injury. And then Talbot comes back. Forsberg was struggling a little bit. And then I think I think he was sick or had a minor injury or something the last few games. So it was just, it was Talbot for a couple weeks there. But uh, Forsberg, his first game back in a while, I thought he was great tonight. Yeah, for sure. And it's really nice just to see the Suns getting like, solid goaltending like it's not world beating they're not stealing games mm -hmm. but just yeah to to have two guys in net who you know whenever yeah like there's no night where i'm like oh shit you know the Suns are gonna have to score so many goals for this right like um mm -hmm. yeah like it, it's good to just have reliable goaltending yeah like i wouldn't say that he stole the game overall but he definitely saved it on the penalty kill there with all those saves yeah. and uh hamza coming up big in the chat here she she has answered our question here with the shots were 37 to 29 before the penalty kill and then it ended up being even at 37 so wow. eight saves for forsberg 
during that uh, that two minute sequence there. That's just insane. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I mean, yeah, that, that's what Eric Carlson does for you. Yeah, that so. that's the thing as well. I think you briefly mentioned, but just the fact that it's Eric Carlson uh, setting up the yeah. plays on that, I was I was sure they were going to score even before the broken stick, and then. Once the stick broke, I had basically just accepted that the score was going to be 4-3, but thank God we did not reach that point. And another thing tonight that I wanted to bring up, I think, as another major storyline of the game, was the power play, because I've been pretty critical of the Sens' power play throughout the season. You know, it's kind of been up and down, but it's actually on fire right now. Uh, what, what have you seen in their power play that uh, has been leading to the success lately? I, it's just so much better. Like I tweeted uh, during the game, I was like, this is the power play we were promised at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, you know? Like this actually looks like what I expected from them early on. There's just, there is so much puck movement. They're getting to the net. They look so confident. They're trying such cool moves. Like I I was going to say, like, I, I think all three of the like, left defensemen had great games tonight because I noticed them in positive ways but like Sanderson was trying some of the coolest moves at the point where he was like you know passing between his legs he was doing mm-hmm. little spin arounds I was like what is what has gotten into him and it was like the whole team was like that they were just feeling it and it was great you know power plays tend to be a little bit up and down right like hot for a little bit and then cold for a bit and I guess you have to switch things up because you know teams figure out what you're gonna do but even like just it felt like they were all so confident. They knew where they were supposed to be. Shabbat, like, going down to Norris's spot on mm-hmm. the circle to to shoot it. Yeah. That's, like, he should be doing that. That's a great play for him to make. Um, just so many great plays like that. And the fact that the Sharks had the number one power uh, penalty kill in the league, and we did that, yeah. oh, so good. I was going to bring that up as kind of a weird stat. I remember when we got the first power play, they showed that stat on the screen and I was like, really? They have the best penalty kill? Like, I didn't even... I, we are, we played them a couple weeks ago and I didn't even remember uh, hearing that stat before. I thought yeah, that was really surprising. 91% is insane. How yeah. did they do that? Well, yeah. at least uh, the sense put a dent in it tonight. So, I, so I hope they set them down to second place. I'm going to check the standings in the morning. Yeah, we'll, we'll have <laughs> to be see like, that. What did we do? What, what is their percentage now? Mm-hmm. And speaking of the percentages... Uh, I believe it was yesterday when I was listening to the game on the radio, they had mentioned that uh, the Sens power play on the road is ranked actually second in the league in terms of percentage. But then they didn't say what it was at home, but obviously second on the road and then our overall league rank is kind of like in the middle. That kind of just implies that at home, the percentage is really not good. So totally surprising and awesome to see three power play goals you know not the greatest power play at home and against the best penalty kill in the league and we get that like what a treat tonight mm-hmm. yeah although i do guess I, I think that teams tend to do better on at home than on the road so it might not be that we're like way at the bottom right mm-hmm. could still be i don't know <laughs> um, but yeah definitely they're they're pretty middle of the road in terms of their power play um so yeah definitely very nice to um to see them break through those three times and like yeah it was just they were all well-timed goals too right mm-hmm. all those moments where you're like like how many times this season have has there been a moment where like oh the Sens need a goal great they have a power play they can score and then they don't right and how they did finally i felt like as well uh one thing with this team this year is that a lot of the time when they have really good chances and they miss they manage to not score uh things don't really uh go so well after that things will go the other way, the other team ends up scoring. But 
today we had a lot of missed chances, but we would actually get the puck back and score after. Like, I feel like on all three of our power play goals, I think actually maybe the Stutza one was a little bit quick off of the faceoff. That was but like passing play, right? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty quick. But there was multiple other goals where we had actually continued pressure leading up to the goal. And, you know, they weren't giving up and they weren't just getting discouraged as soon as something didn't work. So that was uh, really awesome to see tonight because I feel like that's been a bit of an issue overall this season. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of what I meant about the urgency, right? Like, it just, it feels like they're they're on it a little bit more and they're not just getting discouraged every time, you know, the goalie makes a big save and she's like, oh, okay, now what are we doing, right? Or they miss and they're just looking up at the sky. Now it's, they're not doing that. They're just like, okay, let's, let's follow it up. Let's keep it going because we know we can do this, right? Mm-hmm. So. And you had mentioned uh, Shabbat going to Norris's spot on his goal, and uh, Nikki pointed out in the chat as well. I really like seeing that too because you know it's movement on the power play and you know going for different plays. Like I feel like when our power play is struggling, a lot of it has to do with just kind of everyone being static, not moving around too much, and just kind of trying the same passes over and over. But out of the three power play goals tonight, they're all three completely different setups. Yeah, and I mean, the Sens have enough talent to keep switching up the setup, mm-hmm. right? Like, they don't have to stick with one thing anymore. And yeah, you know, I saw Shabbat, like, down behind the net and everything like that. And it always made sense. Like, he was always, you know, where he was supposed to be. There was no point where I was like, oh, no, you're leaving the point open, right? Um, yeah, and it, it just felt like everyone was just trying cool things and sort of, they, I guess they've been playing together enough by now that they know where each other are going to be, right? Mm-hmm. And that Shabbat goal too, it was also a a mix of the second power play unit and the first power play unit, because I remember the second unit started that power play, and then obviously Shabbat and Kachuk made their way onto the ice during that. Uh, I find it's very rare on the power play that we're able to actually change lines while still having possession too. Like Usually it's uh, clear down all the way to the other end, and then everyone goes off, but we were able to actually keep possession long enough to get a few guys switching out in between. I think that kind of... uh, allowed the opening for Shabbat there to uh, to pull that off. Like, it was a little bit probably unexpected for the Sharks there. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, he's coming off the bench, and he's got fresh legs too, right? So um, just a bit of an advantage there. It definitely works. And obviously, you know, if you're trapping the other team in their zone, they can't uh, switch up, right? So their penalty killers are getting tired. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely nice to see that. Speaking of the second unit as well, I have to say... I didn't mind Mark Kastelik being on the power play. I know, I, I didn't see how it went uh, in the previous game against the Rangers, but I saw before that game, it was reported that that was being tried in practice, and a lot of people were questioning that decision because he's not really an offensive guy. But uh, as that net front presence and uh, big strong guy going into the corners to retrieve pucks and uh, going after rebounds in front of the net, I actually like that idea from DJ Smith, and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing more of him on the second unit in the future. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really notice him, which is a compliment to him, right? Like, the power play was great. Mm. Didn't really notice Kastelik being, like, out of place. And I guess the idea is that he tries to, you know, play the position that Kachuk plays, right, on the power play. Um, And obviously he cannot do what Kachuk does generally. But if he can do those things where, you know, he's getting the pucks in the corners and he's a net front presence and stuff, like, it, it makes sense, so... It's not too bad. Power plays are always... Special teams are a little weird, you know? You yeah. That's around with that. That's the thing. I, I give the power play so much uh, praise right now, but 
you're right, that special teams can be really weird. It could easily uh, swing the other way in the next few games, and then I'm like, oh my god, what are they doing on the power play? I'm going to come on here and rant about it again. But hopefully this, uh, like, obviously you can't expect three power play goals every game, but hopefully this is some good momentum in terms of uh, hopefully the power play continuing to be a bit more consistent because that was definitely something that I expected to see as a strong point in this team going into the season, and it was really hit and miss uh, so far for the first two months. But got me really excited tonight i have to say for sure and i think what's nice is that they had three very very different goals it wasn't like mm -hmm. they had one setup that they tried because i feel like that's sometimes the thing with a power play if you just get set on like one set play that you're always going to do eventually teams are going to figure out figure that out and like learn how to stop it but they weren't doing any one play they were just like doing whatever they wanted and it was working so well and you know I'm sure at some point it'll stop working, but it's very nice to see, and I hope they keep that going. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I don't think that anyone bet on the Sens to score that many power play goals tonight. Uh, but if you do want to bet, and you think you know what way it's going to go, make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Now, I noticed an interesting comment in the chat from Smoked Paprika. They said, I hate that when I tune out for a couple games to do other things, that's when the Sens get those back-to-back -back impressive wins. Happy to see the Ws, though. Hopefully they can get to 500. Now, I kind of want to use that as a jumping point to ask you, how do you feel about the team's performance lately? Like, do you think these are positive enough signs and big enough wins here that you think Sens might be able to go onto a bit of a streak here? Maybe? I hope so. I mean, see, the Sens are always like this, right? As soon as you're just straight up at a point where, like, I don't even want to watch this. Like, I'm, you know, doing other stuff in the background with the Sens game on. I'm not getting invested because I'm just like, I know they're not going to win, right? As soon as you reach that point, that's when they're going to turn it around and start winning. But you just don't know where when you've reached that point, you know? Um, but, yeah, like, I've seen some pretty good improvement. And even before this, like, I didn't feel that way, but, like, they really were playing well. They, mm -hmm. you know, they deserved a much better fate early on in the season. And maybe we're finally at the point where that's kind of turning around. They're figuring things out a bit better. I can definitely see them, you know, putting together a, a little bit of a run. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be enough to put them in the playoff conversation. You know, it, they, they did the same thing last year, right? Yeah. And they were never in the playoff conversation. But also, like, they ended up being kind of bad in the new year, too. Whereas, like, this is objectively a much better team. And so I can definitely see them, like, you know, the last few weeks of the season, people are like, well, you know, the Sens technically could, like, um, you know, contend for a wild card spot. We're on, like, Sens elimination watch in the last, you know few games of the season because technically they're not out of it right i could see them kind of just playing into that um yeah i i have some hope i guess yeah i i think i mostly agree with you like i wouldn't expect some sort of monster run from this team to to like clearly get in the playoffs but i i do have some hope 
after the last five or so games. I think it, it, we're four and one in the last five games. I do have some hope that uh, we can at least make things interesting, hopefully. Like, I, I've been saying since the beginning of the year that I would pretty much... Well, I said it last year too, but obviously that didn't happen. I would be pretty much content with like at least 500 hockey for, for most of the season. Um, and obviously that doesn't get you super close to the playoffs usually, but that's like a big step up from where we've been the last four years. And like from a fan perspective, I feel like if that's about the pace that the team goes on for the rest of the season, I think I would be pretty content overall. It just sucks because the uh, early losing streak kind of just takes the uh, excitement out of it in terms of like, oh, do we have a chance? But, you know, the team has been playing very well overall over this last little stretch, which is a little bit surprising to me after we had those rough games a couple weeks ago, uh, the first game against the Sharks and that that game before it against the Devils too. But, you know, th things might be looking up, I have to say. For sure. And like, you know, you even think back to, yeah, it's just the, it's the fact that they lose at the beginning of the season that mm -hmm. sucks so bad. Like you think back to last season and like I, the, the team that I always compare the Sens to in terms of like where their rebuild is at is the Red Wings. And like beginning of the season, the Red Wings were like possibly a playoff bubble team. Like they looked good. Mm -hmm. They, everything was clicking everything. And you know, they had a light schedule, like they had an everything goes right type of beginning to the season but then, like, by the end of the season, the two teams were pretty even because the Red Wings kind of fell off and the Sens started winning. And it's like, you know, if if we could just do that, right, like have a good early, good, good beginning of the season where we're like, oh, maybe they're in the playoff push. And then they're not. But it's like, oh, OK, whatever. Right. Like, I'd be happy with that. Um, it's just it's the order in which they <laughs> they they win and they lose. That's like so hard to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Like, earlier wins would go a long way for fan morale. Like, I'm sure Wings fans were getting annoyed at the end of last season, but at least they can say, oh, well, we were entertained for a whole year, and uh, next year will be even better because it's a young team. Whereas with us, it's like, we sat through all this crap for a whole year, and then we got a few wins at the end, but is it that great because of, you know, draft position and stuff like that? Yeah, once they stop mattering, suddenly they start winning. Oh, yeah, when people on Twitter were like, oh, finally, you know, it's time to start talking about Connor Bedard, right? Like, mm -hmm. start rooting for losses. And I'm like, have you people been watching this team over the last few years? They are not getting anywhere close to Bedard. They are going to go on like a 10-game winning streak. They're going to get like right to that playoff bubble. And then they're just going to play 500 hockey for the rest of the season and fall right. Like, this is what's going to happen. I'm not even entertaining the thought of the Sens getting a top 10 pick. It is not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not saying that just because I believe in them. I'm saying that because I've, I've been through this too many times. And I feel like with our uh, past lottery luck, I, I wouldn't even really bank too much on getting Bedard, even if we were right at the bottom, really. No, I'm, I'm not letting myself think about it. It's no, no. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And just a couple more comments in the chat here. Uh, Scambo says, what did you guys think of the second line tonight? It feels like they are finally starting to click together. I, I've been critical of the second line. I do think they were better tonight, but uh, what did you think? Better? Still not what I was hoping for from them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Pinto had a great start to the season and he's kind of, you know, like, he looks like what we expected from him, which is a third liner who can play up in the in the top six if he needs to, right? Um, certainly an improvement over the like depth players we've had in the past. Um, but 
he hasn't been like absolutely incredible. Uh, Debrinket has been still just like cursed, like he <laughs> cannot yeah, um, cannot score a goal, tonight. but like getting all these, you know, he's holding on to the puck well. He's making great plays. He's getting good scoring chances. Like I, I just don't know why he's not scoring. Um, Batherson has been so bad yeah, recently, but he was like not too bad today at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so it was kind of like you know, it, was, it was better. I still yeah, Norris's absence is, has been felt for sure. Yeah. I I have to say thank God that Debrinket is able to get assists on the power play because uh I feel like that's basically all of his production lately. I feel like 5 on 5 it, it's it's looking pretty dry. I think they're just really missing that that playmaking element especially in the middle cuz we all love Shane Pinto like you said, but Obviously, he's a bit more of a goal scorer with that uh, lopsided stat line. Like, it's either 9 or 10 goals and still just one assist. Um, really missing Josh Norris there, which it, it is a little funny that I say that, though, because Josh Norris, he, he's probably a better playmaker than Pinto, but he is more of a goal scorer as well. I, I, I feel like there should maybe be a bit of a shuffle in the top six to try to get those second line guys going, like, depending on where they get moved around. But I feel like also Kachuk Stutzajiru has just been so good that I don't blame the coach for uh, not the splitting them and up. They're, they're so good that you can't split them up. But it's also like, those are three pretty good playmakers, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, you wouldn't think of Kachuk as a playmaker, but he actually is. Like, he's, yeah. he's really good at that. Um, and you don't have a, a, like, pure goal scorer on that line. And it feels like, you know, maybe, like, obviously, you know, we thought that Dabrinkic Stutzajiru would be the the line for a while and I, I can't really justify moving Kachaka off the first line so mm-hmm. you can't do that Definitely. but it's also like maybe to bring it would work really well with yeah maybe they could give that another shot you know but I don't know maybe if Batherson was good you'd be the playmaker yeah I, I feel like but, if you know. if Batherson yeah. was playing better I think that would go a long way for that line I I don't want to pin a whole line struggles on just one guy, but I, I feel like that would go a long way if he was able to get some of his mojo back. Um, and now, before we go, heading into this game, I was expecting to be talking a lot about Eric Carlson here tonight. I'm kind of glad that we haven't uh, much so far because I feel like if the sense just got destroyed, then we would just be talking about him the whole time. But luckily, it was a fun game where we didn't have to focus on him too much. But I do need to ask you, are you in favor of the Sens bringing back Carlson at some point? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, mostly just because, like, my heart wants it, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I, 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 I see the argument that, like, A, he's been bad at times like he looks like a Norris Trophy favorite right now but like what are the chances he's going to keep this up a full season like at this point it's not very likely mm-hmm. he also is prone to injuries but counterpoint if he gets injured you can put him on LTIR like that's a lot of that's, free cap space you know, there yeah that's a lot of free cap space I would love for him to just like return at some point toward the end of his career and given how many injuries he's had I'm worried that he won't get another contract after this one, you know, like this is like trading for him is like the chance to get him back in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would really like to see it. And I think, you know, I think the Sens need de- defense and he could be that he could play with Sanderson on the second pair. Um, that would actually be like an amazing top four. And then, yeah, if he gets it, you can just throw him on LTIR and bring up some, some baby defensemen. Yeah. I think at this point, it's definitely kind of, 
what your brain wants or sorry what your heart wants versus what your brain thinks in terms of bringing back Carlson because mm-hmm. we had those quotes uh pre-game about how he was watching the game with Alfredson at his house like he's still he's been gone for four or five years now and he's still invested in the sense like he still wants to sit around and watch a sense game when he has time like, like, thing he wrote about Alfie oh my god yeah like I just I need him back but even then like my <laughs> My brain is justifying it now. Like, I've, I've thought about it so much. I've done so much mental gymnastics that I'm like, well, if we clear up the cab space and we get them to retain 50%, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's still it's still tight. Like, I, I still am not sure they have the cab space, but, like, I think they could manage it, you know? It's kind of like, it's kind of like maybe there's a chance. Like, you, there's a very small chance that they could squeeze him in. It's definitely doable, but it, mean, it would be so tight. Is, it's 50% retained. It's only like 2 million more than Chikrin, which like that's, that's still significant. Like that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, if we're talking about bringing in Chikrin, we're talking about bringing in like, was it 4.5 million, right? And then you're like, oh, we could never do five. Yeah, it, was, it would be 5.5% retained, right? Or 5.75 or something, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not that I've like spent that much time on cap friendly. Um, <laughs> and that I, I know like the exact cap hit, cap hit if it's 50% retained. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like that's not that much more, you know? Um, but then what would you have to give up for them to retain 50%? That's the thing, yeah. So. I, I do have to say, I don't know if Carlson will be able to keep it up for the whole season. Uh, I have to admit, I had drafted him to my fantasy team. And then after he started doing oh, really well, too. someone offered me Kucherov for him. So I was like, yeah, I'll I'll take that and run. Yeah, fair. Yeah, and actually, okay, do you know, like, if he goes on LTIR, does the other team also get cap space, or is it Ooh. just the team that has him? I've been wondering about that. <laughs> I'll I have to look it up. Yeah, I don't know the specifics. I would think it would just be the team that has him, although that's kind of funny yeah, if, you're, if you're yeah. retaining, like, 5 million on a player who's on LTIR. That's a little bit funny that... <laughs> that would be it, really funny. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't um, affect you. I think we have to root for the Sharks to go, like, full rebuild so they could just not care about cap space for a little bit. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. I, 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 like, that, that's what I keep coming back to. That's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure the Sharks are going to do that. Yeah, well, that is where we are running out of time. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. It was a great game, and I think a great show as well very uh, positive atmosphere tonight for sure thanks so much for having me any uh any last minute words or anything you want to plug before we go um yeah you can follow me on twitter at c beata e that's c b e a t a e you could read my writing at silver seven cents and um also maybe stay tuned in january for possibly a new podcast with me and uh um twitter power user uh erickson's burner um very early stages of planning this but that should uh look out for that in january that sounds exciting i'll have to check that out (laughs) all right everyone be sure to leave a like on the stream share it around if you enjoyed it subscribe to sdpn and thank you so much for watching uh next game tuesday against the kings i will be back for that so see you then Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.